Hi, everybody. I'm Jenny. Thanks for listening. I'm a life coach. And today I'm going to talk about why dating sucks for INFJs. Um, at least it sucks for me. <laughs> if, if you've figured it out, if you've mastered it, please leave a comment and help the rest of us. Um, but I took a course recently and there were a bunch of other INFJs in the group. And one person said something so perfect. She said, to be in a state, um, to be an INFJ is to be in a state of constant unrequited love. And it makes it even worse when everyone else makes it look so easy. Um, and she just pinpointed so well, I think, what that feels like, even for me when I've been in relationships, um, it still doesn't feel like there's an equal reciprocation. Um, and I think that's something that we desperately crave. So I wrote down a couple of reasons. I think this happens. And I think maybe if people out there just feel a little bit more understood and like they're not the only ones going through this, it might help. Um, so the first thing I have here is we see past the surface and we are also very future oriented. And so what I mean by that is um, we see past people's masks. Um, we see the true person underneath and we can also project out into the future. And that makes us really prone to falling in love with someone's potential instead of who they are right now. I know I've done that anyway. Uh, and a lot of these things I'm going to go over, I just want to say they're good qualities to have. It's a good quality to be able to see the potential in someone um, and to look at the future. And so none of these are bad things. They're just things that make dating a little bit trickier for us. The other thing I have is that we're very slow processors. We are like the slowest computers out there. Um, and it takes us a really long time to figure out how we feel about something or if something bothered us or why something bothered us. So someone, you, you might be on a date with someone and they might cross a boundary for you, but you might not really be able to put your finger on it in the moment. Um, and... And then um, even if you can figure out that they did something that made you feel bad, it might still be hard to put your finger on why. Um, we kind of think in these big webs. And so it takes us a while. We're kind of gathering all these data points uh, as we're getting to know someone. And then it's really hard to put this big, huge web into words. Uh, it's someone else... Um, I was talking to you said, it's kind of like trying to describe a swamp to someone. There's all these plants and there's all these animals and it's way too complex uh, to put into something digestible for someone else. And I think if we, if we can't really articulate what's happening, um, we feel like we don't deserve to act on it. And I don't think that's true, but I think that's a trap that we get stuck in. Uh, so as far as, I don't want to go too deep into function stacks here, but one of our superpowers is extroverted feeling. 
some personality types have extroverted feeling, some personality types have introverted feeling, and we're strong extroverted feelers, which means we're really good at figuring out how other people feel. And we're also very intuitive. So what happens a lot of the time is we're intuiting other people's needs without them even having to say anything. And that's a way that we show that we care for someone um, is, is catering to their needs and intuiting those things. It also makes it a lot harder for us to know how we feel. We're a lot better at tapping into other people than tapping into our own feelings. Um, and not a lot of other types can do what we do. So we have this desperate craving for reciprocation. This is how we show love. And we are desperately craving someone to reciprocate to us in the same way. And the difficult truth is there just aren't a lot of other types that can do that. And the ones that have even stronger extroverted feeling than us can actually be really overwhelming. Um, they're kind of just too expressive. They kind of just dump on you all of their feelings. Um, and it just kind of overloads us. So there's a lot of people who have introverted feeling. There's a lot of people who have extroverted feeling like us, but it's a, it's, they don't use it that often. It's not one of their superpowers. And then there's the people who have stronger feeling than us, but then it's just kind of like they're dumping on us and it's overloading. Um, so it's just hard to find someone who can be sensitive to our needs, especially because we're not very good at communicating what we need. So one of the tricks there, it's really uncomfortable for us, but one thing that can help is just learning to ask for what we need and giving people a chance to show up. Um, but we can't expect them to just be able to intuit it like we can. We are also attracted to very few people. It doesn't matter how physically someone, physically attractive someone is. We are really attracted to someone's soul. Um, and so we can recognize that people are physically attractive, but we won't feel attracted to them. We really need, um, an intellectual connection, a spiritual connection um, to feel to feel attracted to someone. And I think because of that, we start to doubt ourselves and we start to think we're being too picky. Um, and then we kind of settle. We kind of settle for someone who. Uh, who like who just likes us because we, we like to feel wanted. Right. And, and then eventually we realize, no, I wasn't being too picky. Um, this isn't working. So that's another thing. Uh, we're intellectually gifted. INFJs are, are very intellectually gifted. And uh, so we get bored very easily. Um, so it becomes a challenge to find someone who is mentally stimulating, but not toxic. Um, toxic people are very mentally stimulating, extremely mentally stimulating. Um, and, and yeah, we just get bored easily. I mean, I don't think INFJs are going to get bored really and go cheat on their partner or things like that. We just, we just kind of get this feeling of stagnation. Um, if we're with someone who, who we can't have deep intellectual conversations with. 
we're also givers. We love to care for people. We're nurturing, we're healers. Um, and so we just, it makes us happy. It makes us happy to take care of our partners. Um, and it hurts when, when they don't give back, but it, it puts us in a position to be the ones where we're always giving and never receiving. We have a very hard time receiving. Honestly, we kind of feel like we don't deserve it or we feel guilty about it. Um, but we're also miserable when we're just giving all the time and no one's kind of filling our cup. So I think that's a challenge for us is just to, to get comfortable practicing receiving and to work on our self-worth. Uh, we're chameleons. We have spent our whole lives trying to blend in and now we kind of don't know how to do anything else. So um, it kind of gets to the point where in work and relationships, we're just like, just tell me what you want me to be. And I'll be that we're like shapeshifters. <laughs> like we just assume whatever identity we need to survive. Um, and so I don't think we do it intentionally in relationships, but it's just a coping mechanism. Um, and, and we can do it kind of habitually. And uh, yeah, I think it's, the world makes it so hard for us to be ourselves because we're kind of weirdos. And um and so we just try to blend in and, and go with the flow and let the other person lead. And, and we can kind of lose ourselves um, if we don't start really stepping, just stepping into our weirdness and just letting it alienate people um, if it needs to. So back to being healers. If we don't have a good outlet um, for our healing energy, a lot of the times we're going to direct that at our partner. And so we might pick partners who are very broken um, or we might pick partners who really don't need help, but we're still trying to fix them, which is going to drive our partners crazy. So um, we, I think we are healers. And so there needs to be some kind of outlet, whether it's volunteer work or if your work is very altruistic or just helping people in some way where you're not focused on fixing your relationship. Um, as far as relationships go, you want to just attract someone who's, who doesn't really need your help healing. Uh, it'll be way less work. <laughs> it'll be way less draining. No one believes in our intuition. Intuition is our number one superpower. Feeling is our second. Intuition is kind of taboo in Western culture. No one really talks about it. Um, no one really respects it. And that's hard because that is our number one cognitive function. It's our strongest cognitive function. It's like our dominant hand. And it can be very, very invalidating to have a partner who doesn't believe in that superpower. And so it most most of the people out there are not going to have a strong intuition as us. So it's okay if they don't share that superpower, but a healthy partnership, they're at least going to believe in it. They're going to respect it. They're going to believe that you're just, you just function differently than them and you have that strength and they're going to believe in that strength and support you. 
very few people can meet our needs. I kind of already touched on this, but we really have to get comfortable asking. I think we either just get used to giving and not expecting anything in return, or we just kind of distance ourselves from everyone because we're just like, everyone's going to drain me and it's not worth it. I can't do it. It's too much energy. So I'm just going to put up a wall and stay away from everyone. Give people a chance to meet your needs. That's the test, right? If you ask for what you need, that's the test. And then some people can step up and some people can't. And that's where you can start to draw the line with who you're going to let in your life or not. Another thing is we need information to feel secure. And this can be a really big problem, especially if you have a partner who has an avoidant attachment style. Um, we like information. We're constantly trying to predict the future. We need information to do that. The more information, the better information makes us feel secure. And so if you have a partner who's not good at keeping you updated and keeping you informed, it can really trigger anxiety for us. Um, it can kind of feel like they're withholding security from us. And that just makes this anxiety cascade where we just get more triggered and that just makes them distance themselves more. Uh, and it's just kind of this repeating cycle. So having a partner who can really just be upfront with you and tell you exactly what's happening, if they're upset about something, what they're upset about uh, is really helpful to us. Okay, another thing I have here is we ask deep questions. INFJs desperately want to connect with and understand people. And it's not always in a romantic way, but I think it gets misinterpreted that way a lot of the time. And I know I've been in situations where I'm just interested in people, genuinely interested, and I ask deep questions. And then they just attach to me. Um, they're just like, they're just like, I think people are really kind of just desperate for someone to genuinely want to understand them. And then it's like they latch on um, and it's suffocating and uh, it, it makes me so anxious. And then I, I could just kind of have to just like disappear <laughs> to get away. Um, and so that's another thing. Um, that I think can kind of turn us off to dating is if we have experiences like that. And we're just like, this is too much. I just can't. So that's a place where you can just learn to practice boundaries. I think it's very uncomfortable to, to, you know, tell someone to back off, but, um, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable doing it. I think the, I think the better. So Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, sorry, I'm just reading off my notes, is we need our lives to have meaning, to be happy. And INFJs, we're here to do important work. We are so talented and so intellectual, and we have these great ideas, and we can just think in this special way and... Um, 
we care so much about justice and fairness and we can't do that important work if we're in a draining relationship. And I think we get in a trap where, yeah, we're, we're just directing all of our energy towards our partner. And if you can just kind of picture a relationship where your partner is helping you do your life's work, they're supporting you. They're not draining you. They're filling you up. Um, I think sometimes we don't think we deserve it for us, but if you can kind of reframe it and say, it's not for me, it's for all the people I need to go out there and help. Sometimes that can trigger us into standing up for ourselves more when it's, it's no longer about us protecting ourselves, right? Now it's about our ability to help these other people. Um, we don't fit in a box. We need a lot of variety. And at least to me, it seems like the people on these dating apps, they have very um, black and white identities. They're just very into going to the gym or they're very into football or they go fishing every single weekend. And I think we, we like experimenting and exploring and and just trying new things but I don't think we like to stick with any one thing in an extreme way for a long time and uh, we need a lot of variety to be happy and so I think that's hard just because it doesn't seem like many other people are like that it seems like other people are just looking for someone who's exactly like them um, and wants to do all the same things all the time. And that's not really something that's going to work for us. We need a lot of space, first of all, um, and we need a lot of variety, second of all. Um, there's not a lot of people we connect with. It, it feels like sometimes we see in color and everyone else sees in black and white. Um, and we're also introverts. Mm -hmm. So that also makes it hard to meet people because we're not socializing a lot. Um, you know, we keep to ourselves. So on, on one hand, we're not socializing a lot. So we're just crossing paths with less people. And then on the other hand, when you finally do go out and socialize, most people don't see the world like we do. They see it in black and white. Um, and it's just very discouraging, I think. And I mean, the only thing I would say about that is if you're looking for someone rare, we are rare. We are one of the rarest personality types, if not the rarest. And we need someone rare who is compatible with us. And if you're looking for someone rare, they're not going to be easy to find, right? So um, if you can just kind of look at it through that lens, maybe it will help. Just it's okay. Just because this person is hard to find doesn't mean I won't find them. I'm just going to have to sift through a lot of people to do it. Um, it's just part of the job. The other thing, the last thing I'm going to say is 
dating is stressful. It's stressful because it's so unpredictable. You don't know what these people are going to look like. You don't know if they're gaslighters. You don't know if they're genuine, if they're authentic, if they tell the truth, um, what their motives are, if they're going to respect your boundaries, if they're creeps. Like, there's so much we have to worry about. Um, and we like to have information. We like to be prepared. It's very hard to do that when you're dating. It's it's unpredictable, which causes us a lot of stress. And stress causes us to overthink. It triggers our anxiety. And then when our anxiety is triggered, we can't hear our intuition. When we can't hear our intuition, we have trouble trusting ourselves. We don't know. Can I trust this person? Can't I trust this person? Do I like this person? Do I not like this person? We lose our trust in ourselves the more stressed we are. Uh, so anything you can do to just make it as stress-free as possible. If you want to chat on the app for a while and get to know them first, stand up for that. I hate when people just ask me on a date like the next day. I'm just like, I, I cannot be mentally prepared a day from now. Like I, I need time. Um, I need to lay down. <laughs> I need to lay down and think about this. So just honor your needs as much as you possibly can. You can set an end time for your dates. You can make sure that you have an out in an hour. Um, and it's a good test, right? To see if people can respect you. I know I've had people who just come right out of the gate. I don't like texting back and forth. I want to meet in person. I'm just like, well, does it matter what I need? Like, you're not showing that that you care what I need. You're not even asking, right? So they're gone. Just don't feel guilty. Just get rid of them. So really pay attention to who is sensitive to your needs, who's asking about your needs, who's respecting your needs. Um, do whatever you need to do to screen people and don't worry about if it's the right thing to do. If it's right for you, that's all that matters. And I think that's everything. I would love to hear feedback as long as you're gentle. So feel free to leave a comment and hopefully um, I'll be back with another video soon. Thanks.